Welcome to the Mr. Bill podcast. This is Anand Harsh, his manager, his caretaker, his consigliere. Bill hates doing these intros, so he's pawned off on me. It's not that he doesn't care about you, dear listener. He just doesn't care about anything. He's a fucking nihilist. Uh, his guest today is a dear old friend of his from the motherland, Bo Young, who's an avid gamer, graphic novel devourer, and all-around raconteur. He's known Bill from the beginning, so they have plenty of embarrassing stories about one another, and honestly, when they get together, they just talk fascinating circles of shit around each other. And no amount of description for me can do it justice, so just enjoy these two Aussies going to town. Uh, some updates on the Patreon front. It is officially live, and we've got a ton of fun subscription tiers that fit any budget. One such tier gives you the ability to send Bill a tune you've worked on, and he will play it on this very show and rip it to shreds, unless, of course, it's good, in which case he might damn it with faint praise. Either way, it'll be entertaining, and your track will be put under a microscope by the snobbiest, nerdiest fan base on the internet. So, buyer beware, I guess. Also, there are fun perks like a role on Bill's Discord server, exclusive merch bundles, and bonus episodes of the podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash Tunes for all that info and to support this show. And remember, go to MrBillsTunes.com to sign up as a hardcore Abletoneer so you can become better at producing. All right, strap it down for this rambling episode with the one and only Bo Young. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you are listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. Hey, you're 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 listening to the Mr. Bill Podcast. thanks for coming on the podcast man no problem <laughs> i appreciate you taking the time no nah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a problem <laughs> yeah technically from here we're starting um i guess we should probably mention that we are doing this with video though just so um if there is anything referenced uh video wise uh then people will know that we're talking about a videological component yeah, yeah, like we're just making visual references with our hands or something. That may actually help. Right. So to introduce you to people, you're like probably one of my oldest friends that I stay in touch with on a regular basis. And I think we've known each other since uh, since I was like 15 or something like that. So Yeah, like um, easily going on 13, 14 years. Yeah, so we've known each other for a long ass time. We went to high school together. Um, and you're a filmographer, is that a word? uh yeah i guess like a filmmaker i do photography as well but um yeah i uh studied film and kind of um mostly geared towards um cinematography but uh is getting more towards uh doing cinematography and uh getting more towards directing and writing and stuff as well right right um how did you get your your webcam looking so good it looks fucking awesome (laughs) um i have I literally have a light sitting behind the camera, which is just like a they're a cheap redhead light. And then in front of that, I've just used a really uh, cheap kind of clear white material, which is um, uh, like a, a, I guess a reflector of sorts. And then that's diffusing the light over here. And then it's literally just a hue light bulb. So it's two points of lighting. And it's still just like a normal regular webcam that you're using? No, I'm using a DSLR and I started using... um uh canon released an uh like a utility for canon dslrs called uh webcam utility and i think they only done that in april uh and i think that's probably due to covid <laughs> right so the correct answer for why your webcam looks so good is because you're using a four thousand dollar camera well yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's like also it. it's also the lighting uh, <laughs> the lighting component of that is uh <laughs> definitely uh, a factor like if i turn a light off or something like uh we can get like some super creepy vibes happening and <laughs> it's just no, purple it's now yeah right yeah i cannot for the fucking life of me figure out lighting and 
focus and just like filming and shit. I think I got it like not too bad on my latest tutorial. Um, like Jan helped me a lot with, with the film stuff. But yeah, I'm just so, I don't know, I'm real bad at that stuff. There's like a real science to it, right? Like figuring out distances and like lighting and uh, f-stop and like ISO and aperture and like yeah, absolutely, so many, like- absolutely. But at the end of the day, I'd, I'd like um, I think in filmmaking, the main thing that uh, makes sense with cinematography is whatever shot's going to benefit the story. So you know, you could know everything about f-stop and distances and your uh, like circle of confusion and trying to get shit right but if you're using the wrong shot to convey something then you know it doesn't mean fucking dick um like you know if you're trying to express something which has more uh like let's say intimacy in a shot then say if you're using a 200 mil lens over in the distance and you're peeking over someone's shoulder, it's going to give this vibe like um, it's it's a spy film and you're, you're peeking in and listening to this conversation, which isn't at all intimate. It's the opposite. Right, right. Like you're imposing on that conversation. Whereas if you put a camera between two people and it's right in front of their face sort of thing, um, and it's kind of frame nice, then it has a sense of intimacy. Like this is a conversation that's taking place between this small space between two people's faces. And now it's a lot yeah, sort of like, right. yeah. So that's a good I, example. Yeah. I, I'm just imagining a scene, like an aerial drone shot of two people, like standing on the edge of like one of those giant lakes with the big cement walls. And they're like, I have to tell you, Diana, I have cancer. <laughs> it's just like this big, like aerial wide shot. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't make sense. It's like uh, using a born supremacy shot for a conversation where somebody's like, I have the information about something. But for like the scene where Denzel Washington uh, is being told by Thomas, by Thomas Hanks um, that he has AIDS. <laughs> you know, and it's like, Some- that's a real, if you use that shot for that situation, like where Jonathan Demi's put the camera right in between and he's, he's just pushing the uh, motion in slightly. Um, you get this real intimacy. But if you Dude, go someone on the outside, needs to make a movie like that where it just is all the wrong shots for all the wrong shit. You done that the other day with your tutorial and transitions. <laughs> well, it wasn't like the wrong the wrong shots. The shots were like a standard studio shot. It was just like the wrong transitions and shit. Like I was using star wipes and like weird dumb shit. But that was for two reasons. One, I was just trying to get de- decent at like just how resolve works and shit. So I was just doing everything. Like I was using like every possible function. Oh, I, I loved could. it. I thought it was fun. I- <laughs> yeah. So I, I did it for that reason, but also, um, I don't know. Like, I just thought it was funny. Like every time I did it, I just got so much enjoyment from a dumb wife or whatever that I was just like, this is the most fun. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was just sitting there watching you do it. Cause you're like, well, um, on discord and I was just like trying to give you a hand as best I can. And, uh, it's like, I'm just going to use these, these, uh, keyframes and try and make this dollar bill wobble a bunch. <laughs> just watch you fuck around this one thing for like five minutes. You're like, yeah, that's perfect. I'm like, man, we yeah, are very- <laughs> I still think that um, DaVinci Resolve needs LFOs. So, for instance, uh, um, like the rotation angle on something, right, it's represented by essentially like an automation line in Resolve. And it would be really sick if you could just apply an LFO to that parameter. So, like, you could just say, I just want an LFO at this rate to just like or like modulate the, that parameter up and down like the rotation angle for instance so it would just spin on its own you wouldn't have to sort of go through the the linear uh phase of like drawing the automation line up and down every time you wanted it to spin a different way yeah doing the whole manual nature of it's like yeah one here and one here and one here yeah uh unfortunately uh uh when it comes down to like programs with uh non-linear editing i guess um they're not rare that like the most intuitive programs aren't actually used um by like major studios or anything they they use even worse things like um avid media composer which is everything's really really manual about it Mm. yeah yeah i don't understand why software is like that i know i get the argument that like oh yeah they want to make the shit more customizable for people or whatever and therefore let's you know disable snapping or something like that like that was one example the other day when i when i asked you like why can't i just snap my video frame to the corner of the screen right you were like i don't know it's like more customizable that way or something but but wouldn't it be more customizable if you could turn snapping on and off so you could both snap it to the edge if you wanted or not and do it in free space 
absolutely. Like with, with Ableton, right? It's like with Ableton, you can turn the grid off and drag a clip wherever you want, or you can turn the grid on and it snaps to the grid. Kind of like um, uh, like in in Resolve, that's the same too. Like you can make a cut in a clip, and then one video clip will like s- sort of glue itself to the edge of another one. Or whatever i think I, I just think it's super weird that they don't give you that option in like the in the video player area they just give you that option in like the timeline where you're doing your clip editing yeah you'd especially think they would add that given the nature of like how many people are making their own content uh like not everyone's going to have the time to learn the ins and outs of um an editing program as well i want to like you know you would think that would make it more easier and appealing to a wider range of users that are yeah honestly don't have a good answer for that uh but i think the main reason when it comes down to uh like say something like avid media composer in comparison is it's not so much that it's customizable it's because it's really really small and on bigger film projects they have multiple editors handling different aspects so having it uh be small and easy to use from anywhere and having files being able to pass be passed around a bunch um makes it a lot easier when you when there's plenty of people working from different areas but I, I, I don't, I don't right. really mess around much with um, Media Composer because none of my projects really require like a large amount of editors. It's usually only me editing. Right. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I noticed that when I did Mum and Dad. Oh, speaking of Mum and Dad, I'm going to get Brian Taylor on the podcast. Um, I was like, legit going to right. ask if you were going to get him on the podcast. I'm like, nobody's doing anything. You should be able to get him on. Yeah, he was like, fuck yeah, I'm not doing shit. I'm done. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I mean, he's probably writing scripts and stuff like that, but I'll find out what he's doing. But um, yeah, so when I collaborated or when I was like writing music on that film, I realized like just how big of a collaboration making a film is. And that was like a small film. So there was two editors, obviously Brian, the director. Um, when they did the filming, there was like, you know, obviously all the actors and then all the filmers and then all, like... Um, you know, costume designers and cinematographer. I think Brian was actually maybe just the cinematographer for that film. Um, and then on the audio side, there was like three of us, uh, four of us actually by the end of it. There was um, obviously me doing the music, <clears throat> but then there was a guy who would take my music in stems who was called, uh, what was his title? Music editor, I think was his title. And basically he would take my shit out of Ableton literally just to put it in a pro tools file and line it up with time code so when it got to the mix down stage the mix down guy wasn't going to like flip out and would know like where all the audio had to go right and then there was obviously a sound design guy too so it was kind of like me the music guy and then another guy the sound design guy both had to give all our parts to another guy who just lined it up with time code so he could give it to the final guy the fourth guy who was the mixer engineer and actually i think when it got to the mix stage there was three people mixing it at the same time because the mixing desk is so long you need three people at it because it's like 190 (laughs) channels or whatever so it's like one guy like takes the middle 60 channels and then like another guy takes like the end 60 channels and then another guy takes the other 60. it'd be good if they never ever communicated with each other like like the guy in the middle was just the the go-to that's his whole job he's just sort of like can you tell uh david to move uh 187 uh Jack said, can you move uh, 187? All right. Can you just tell him that I just moved 187? Uh, yeah, Brian, he said he moved 187. <laughs> like that's his whole job, just to communicate what they're like, doing. Could you uh, tell Brian, uh, thank you for moving 187? <laughs> he said, <laughs> this is like it's a like fourth a, guy in the back of the room, like, talk to each other, you fucks. <laughs> like, uh, Jack sends his regard about the 187. <laughs> um I mean, that's kind of what it's going to be like with COVID, right? Like there's, there's just going to be these big uh, glass screens that splitting the mixing desk into thirds and all these guys are going to come to work and they'll be able to like see each other, but they'll be able to hear each other. People are coming up with some crazy things. I saw um, on the news just today that in the UK, they've created uh, bumper tables <clears throat> for bars. So it's like a large round uh, bumper table that sits around the person Kind of like what you would have on a toddler when they go around the house when they're learning to walk. Right. So right. They, yeah, yeah. But it's for like real people. It's got large, like inflatable edges. So when they bump into objects, they don't hurt anyone. And this is and and this like I'm, I'm assuming the big bumper table thing that they're they're in the center of is a six foot perimeter. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's got it's got like a uh, legs on it with wheels. So it's like they're just walking around with it. They're literally toddlers, <laughs> but they have like their drinks on the table. 
That's fucking mind blowing, man. Like, why? At what point do we like need bars that much that that needs to be invented? I I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. It was, reminds me of um back in uh 2013, people marched the streets of Sydney like they're closing the they're closing the bars at 12 a.m. We want to drink until three. That's a good thing. Like, let's explain this situation because probably most of the people listening to this are from America. And they don't understand how Australia reacts when you take away our, our late night bar time. <laughs> well, that's what I was getting at. Is like at the exact same time that was happening, our government was passing the Data Retention Act, which basically legally means they can like retain all your text messages and the metadata and all your text messages and email. Wait, is that at, still legal in Australia? Yeah, yeah, they passed that in like 2015, I think, the Data Retention Act. So that means the Australian government legally can just like get all your texts if they want. Yeah, yeah, all the metadata. <clears throat> the metadata being like where you texted from and yeah. the time at which you texted, but the, can they actually get the text information itself? I'm sure if they had a warrant, I imagine so. But um, people were really angry at the COVID app, which just come out like, oh, the government's going to steal all that shit. I'm like, there already are. So <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's uh, let's go back to. Um, the lockout laws because it's something that for sure I, I'm sure like 90% of people listening to this won't be aware of them of what the lockout laws were oh yeah um, uh, so yeah, yeah do you want to explain it you probably understand it better than okay I so our, uh, the New South Wales state government they passed a act which prevented um, bars in Sydney uh, from being open past I think like 1am uh, or was it that they were open past 1am or just that you couldn't get out and go to another bar after 1am? Yeah. Like, I think they're okay, open so at 3am, but after 1am, <clears throat> you couldn't get in anywhere else. Right. So you could stay in a bar and you could drink until 1am uh, and providing you got out of the, like, if you wanted to go to a different bar, you would have just had to get out of the one you were in at 12.45 or some shit, walk to the other one, get in before one. And then you just stay at the other one until three, right? And you can yeah. still drink until three, which is like later than most places in America. Most places here stop serving at two. Yeah, but, but it um, did destroy a lot of business in um, like uh, Sydney, especially when it came down to live music. Yeah, but I mean, the reason why is because of the fucking childish way everyone reacted. Like live music is pretty much completely reliant on people going to the shows, right? Mm. Yeah, so absolutely. it's literally just because these people just refuse to... St- go to shows because they're like the oh, fuck that I, I can't stay i can't go to a different bar at 255 <laughs> bullshit <laughs> probably man <laughs> yeah anyway i just think it's it's insane to me that like that's how that like because i originally when that was happening i was like oh yeah it's bullshit like they're closing the bars early but then when i looked into it and realized what the actual rule was because i didn't even live in australia at the time that that happened um <clears throat> as soon as i realized what it was i was like wow i can't even i can't believe that this is the like how pissed off people are at this this rule which isn't even like a big rule yeah that's that's why I, like i found it kind of interesting that people were marching in the streets in like large numbers and at the same time they were literally re- like passing an act to retain metadata on everyone <laughs> so that dick pic you sent they got it <laughs> <laughs> scott morrison's just rubbing one out to all the dick pics oh shit these dacket mackers he's yeah. rubbing many out to many dick pics <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> I feel like Did Tony you... Abbott would probably do that more. <laughs> oh, yeah. So for people who are unaware, Tony Abbott um, was the prime, prim- like, he was like three prime ministers ago at this point, right? Or yeah, for three prime a- ministers in like two, I don't know, a short period of time. <laughs> yeah. And he used to be like a boxer, right? And or something <laughs> I like so. that. I, I, I don't know. I remember him always, uh, I can't, there was like one thing where he was like, oh, I would totally like fight that guy and beat him in a fight. And we're like, why, why are you so egotistical? You're supposed to be the fucking prime minister. Well, why is this a metric <laughs> like, that you're measuring yeah, yourself yeah. on? It's like, right, we're right. debating climate change, but I could fuck it's him like, up. Oh, <laughs> punch that guy out. <laughs> Didn't uh, Donald Trump do a similar thing? He's like, oh, if, if me and Joe Biden got into a fight, trust me, I'd, I'd win. I, he, I think he would win. <laughs> I mean, I th- he might. Like, why are they fucking talking about it, though? I think Biden might forget that he's in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> like midway Maybe. through, he's just like, why am I getting punched? <laughs> Dude, did you see um, 
the coronavirus uh, hospital beds made out of cardboard that were getting made in... Fuck, I can't remember. I saw a video on Twitter last night. There's these hospital beds. They're made out of cardboard, like thick, thick cardboard. Like the cardboard's like one inch thick or some shit, right? It's not, it's not like fucking thin, like Amazon packaging cardboard. It's like proper industrial cardboard. Um, <clears throat> and it's a hospital bed made out of cardboard. And if you die in it, they literally just fold the sides up and, and then it's a coffin. I like their efficiency. I just want to say this, but... I also feel that's super fucking grim. Like, it's very grim. Like that's like, the exact thing I I thought when I when I watched it. I was like, "Fuck, that's morbid," but that's clever. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's it, it's one of those things. Like, wow, that's that's mortifying, but brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's a it's it's morbid because it's like they obviously needed to think about it because it, there was a problem that fucked up to solve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, that's the solution, I guess. Cardboard, you get buried in cardboard. It's also biodegradable, meaning they bury you in like the whole package just gets eaten by the earth. At what point does cardboard not become cardboard anymore? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I assume when it just, uh, I, I don't know. I really don't understand how shit biodegrades. All as I know is the earth has a long history of eating people. Maybe the earth is like, it just it designed us for food i didn't mean from the biodegradable aspect i just, I just always associate with car- cardboard being like super thin and i feel like if it gets too thick maybe it's just wood oh, that's a good point yeah <laughs> and it never gets too thin it's just paper yeah <laughs> if it gets too thin it's paper if it gets too thick it's wood but it's like no oh, this is thick cardboard <laughs> <laughs> um have you ever tried the thing have you ever tried ripping a phone book in half uh, never. It's uh, it's one of those things I hear about, but never really tried. <laughs> Who has a phone book these days? I don't know. I remember seeing it on like Hey Hey It's Saturday or some shit, like way back in the day. Um, and <laughs> and there was some guy on there. He just like came out. And he was like, it was just some fucking bit of the show. He just came out. He was like, check this out. Bam. And just like ripped a phone book in half. And then I was like, oh, I reckon I could do that. And my dad was like, there's no fucking way you could do that. <laughs> Did he rip it in like, half down the spine or like in half? Like in half, like not down the spine, down like down the middle. Horiz- yeah, horizontally. <clears throat> and um, for some reason, I, I was just like, I could definitely do that. And my dad was like, you totally couldn't. And I, I remember as a kid, like spending at least like 30 minutes trying to rip this thing in half. I, I feel and like it's... if we had to explain who Tony Abbott is and the lockout laws, we definitely would have to explain what the fuck Hey Hey It's Saturday is. <laughs> That's a good point. So, Hey Hey Saturday was a show that was like probably peaked in about 1996 or like maybe 1993. Um, and it was this show that played, as the name would suggest, every Saturday night on Australian television. And it was hosted by, was it Daryl Summers? Daryl fucking Summers. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> there was like this sketch on it called Pluck a Duck. Where, like, no, 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 that was some- a prize winning thing. The sketch was Red Faces. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah, pluck a duck was like you come and spin a wheel and there's a bunch of ducks on them. You just grab one and then there's some shit in the duck and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, I just want a car. And then uh, <laughs> Red Faces was um, Red Simons, who's like, I guess he was a comedian or some shit. Uh, he was the basis uh, for the band Skyhawks in the 70s. They done like horror movie and shit. Right. So, yeah, I guess he had a thing where like you would, it was like a talent show basically, right? And then he would just hit a gong whenever he, <laughs> he thought like you sucked. He was the original Simon Cow. <laughs> yeah, he kind of was actually. I yeah, he would just be it. a dick to people, even if they were good. <laughs> he would hit that gong mm. and just be like, somebody would do something really amazing and he'd just be like, three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was just like the original like hard critic on talent shows on television. Dude, speaking of reality TV, I binge watched this show the other night on Netflix called Too Hot to Handle. Have you heard of this? Uh, is that the one where they're on an island and they don't fuck? Yes, it is the I, one where I, they're on an island and they don't fuck. <laughs> I have heard about this. <laughs> As opposed to all the reality TV shows of people on islands who do fuck. They really wanted to go against the grain. It was like, you know what? There's a lot of fucking in reality TV show. Let's let's just bring it back a bit. Yeah, so they, they put these like... I, they I, So here's the thing. I don't know if it's totally scripted. Probably is. But like... Have to be. Um, I mean, just yeah, maybe it's like 50-50. It's kind of like Big Brother or some shit. But they must have like screened these people, right? And these people are, are like 
uh, all like fairly attractive people. They obviously work out and take care of themselves and like looking good and dressing good and stuff is like one of their main concerns. And they're clearly people who like never commit to relationships, never develop like proper relationships with the opposite sex or even maybe with the, the own sex and literally deal with all of their problems, usually in reality, by just like fucking their way through life for self-validation, basically. Um <clears throat> So they got basically 10 people on an island who are all ex- just like that and were basically like, now you got to hang out with each other for a month and don't have sex. And they literally all just like lose it. They're like, oh, this is impossible. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it good? Is it amusing? <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> why why but, did you uh, put yourself through this? I don't know. I started watching it with Jan the other night and we just couldn't stop. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we, we literally binge watched it in like one sitting. And then I watched a YouTube video like a few days ago that was like uh, new studies have come out showing that um, for every hour of television you watch, you live for 21.8 minutes less. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I literally just cut two hours off my life by watching Too Hot to Handle. Dude, well, yeah, if that's true. Um, do you want to come to my funeral next week? <laughs> Wait, are you, you going to binge watch a bunch of reality TV? Uh, is it only reality TV or is it just watching things in general? Oh, no, it's like anything. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, probably yeah. like sitting down on the computer is probably the same. Like, what, what do they say? Sitting is the new smoking? Yeah, sitting's the new cancel. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like smoking's probably still worse. <laughs> yeah, smoking's terrible. Because when you think about it, I mean, people who chain smoke, it's not like they're up and walking around. Like, they're usually sitting and smoking. I remember, <laughs> I remember one time we went to a, a bushdoof out in the middle of Canberra. And We've probably got to explain what a bushdoof is too. Uh, okay. Um, you're we, you're more of an expert on this situation than I am. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like my my opinion of it is pretty based around um, like being high at them or playing music at them, like DJing. So I think you have a better opinion because you've gone to them and you – pretty much at the time we're going to them we're never taking drugs of any sort yeah i was and, sober <laughs> yeah you would always be like a designated driver or whatever and you were always just like yeah i don't know like never djing and not even a fan of the music so i feel like i was just coming to hang out yeah i was coming out it's coming to hang out with you and stuff you'd be like hey uh you want to go to this thing i'm like yeah okay come along beats the fuck out of whatever i was going to do so we'd go out and i'd just grab a camera take some pictures do whatever just document it and uh yeah, so Bushdorf is a uh, music festival that's generally illegal, so it doesn't have like council approval or anything. Uh, out in the middle of the bush, and it's mostly um, a bunch of like, you know, I guess hippies that would you would find at Burning Man or whatnot. And uh, yeah, so in America they call those wooks, but they're <laughs> not really they're not really wooks though because there are. Uh they're like wooks meets a bogan and it's i've also find it impossible to describe to an, an american what a bogan is because they're like oh you mean like a redneck and it's like no. no it's not really like a redneck they're kind of their own thing and they're like it's like a hillbilly and you're like no i mean kind of but no it's like no. The, the- <laughs> there's, there's different degrees of this like you know a bogan is not a lad but a lad can definitely be a bogan right yeah there is also like a little weird overlap and shit um <laughs> Going going back to saying how you're like not a fan of the music but would come to these things, it reminds me of this story that Ula Sale told me of this guy called Space Laces. And apparently like Space Laces is literally like the fucking sickest dubstep producer, man. He makes just insane stuff. Hmm. And apparently the way he got good was by uh, sending his, his really good friend whips all the time, like whips are works in progress. And he would send his friend works in progress all the time that he was working on and his, his friend who didn't even make music or like electronic music would just always tell him that that was shit so, so he, he got really fucking good just trying to like impress his friend who wasn't even into the shit is that why you always send me things <laughs> no but i was gonna say i mean we kind of have a similar relationship it's like you're a good friend of mine i respect your opinion about a lot of things but like every time i send you my music or every time i like show you something that i think is sick a lot of the time you're just like oh it's bullshit <laughs> I'm not like it's bullshit. I'm just like, I can definitely see uh, the appeal and why it's good. But um, like emotionally, it doesn't resonate with me. So it's not like something I'll repeatedly watch. Right. Or listen to. Yeah. So yeah. yeah I feel that. 
Yeah, if if, if it did, I, uh, like there there are songs you've sent me. I feel like in the past where I'm like, this is actually really fucking good, and I do um like go back and listen to it. Right, usually uh, like IDME stuff like Mind Tree or the Flashbulb or something. No, 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 like stuff you've actually sent me, like that you've done. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, there was a track you did with uh, Freddie Todd uh, several years back that I really, really liked. Um, Frank and... Oh, um, hmm. Yeah, you've done a lot of I tracks. So. <laughs> yeah. we, I know we did Bloss and Gourmet Everything. It was yeah. those two tracks. I did like um, Circumvent uh, uh, remix of Bloss. I think it was... Oh, no. yeah. Yeah, yeah, what? they did a remix of Bloss. That's really cool. Brian Taylor also really liked that. It's kind of got. Um, I think he was originally <clears throat> trying to <clears throat> use that as the intro song to Happy, which would have been so sick if he did. Yeah, because I've seen some of that show, and I, I really feel like that would have been a perfect song for it. But instead, there's like no actual like it goes against the grain. There's no intro. It just says Happy, and then the show begins. Yeah, which is cool as well, dude. Happy is such a good show. Yeah, I've only seen like the first three episodes. It's one of those things where I'm like, ah, I do want to watch this, but I also don't want to commit to watching it. <laughs> right. I mean, still, you've watched three episodes, which is, to me, somewhat of a commitment. To you, that's just like dabbling. Yeah, that's a dabble. To me, to yeah. me a dabble is like I scrolled past it on Netflix and like the trailer <laughs> bit played for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we used to play this game back in the day where we'd just like ask you every single movie and you were like, oh, yeah, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. Like you literally had just seen every movie. And you guys wouldn't believe me. And you're like, well, who's the director? I'm like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> you're like, oh, and who's in it? I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's uh, Patrick Swayze. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, like, and I'll, like I'll just name like any movie off the top of my head. I bet like, you, I haven't I, even, I bet you like, you do uh, me over with this right now. <laughs> oh, uh, what about, have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, yeah, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Everyone knows that. <laughs> See, I didn't know that, and I haven't even seen it. So <laughs> I don't even know if I said Guillermo right. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, hold on, I'm just like looking around my room. Uh, I don't even have any movies here. Dude, I just started reading books. Have, do you read books? Or, no, I, you don't really read? No, I don't read fictional books. Um, I listened to audiobooks when I was a courier. <laughs> Nice. yeah it's like killing two birds with one stone but i just feel like uh, fictional books are way more of a commitment but i read a lot of non-fiction i feel like um podcasts are kind of like the new audiobook to some degree right it's like not not podcasts like this podcasts like this are bullshit it's like it's just me talking to random people but like um podcasts like reply all where it's kind of like journalism do you, do you ever listen to reply all yeah absolutely um you actually got me into that um nice yeah, I remember we were in Melbourne and we were doing a drive, I don't know, somewhere out in uh, the country with, uh, who was it, Christian and Fahad, and you had on an episode which was about the call centre dude. And Oh, yeah, and then they <laughs> end up going to India and shit. And dude. That was a great episode. Yeah. Yeah, so stuff like that, I mean, I think is almost as good as an audiobook because it's just such good journalism and you learn so much along the process of the episode. I guess, yeah, audiobooks are essentially it's just where somebody reads a book to you, right? Yeah, yeah, they do voices and stuff um, sometimes. <laughs> like I, I really got into uh, a book series by a guy called Brandon Sanderson called um, Miss, uh, the Mistborn series and uh it's, it's fucking unreal, man. Like, I'm like, why hasn't somebody made this into a TV series? It should be a TV series. Like, this shit would kill Game of Thrones. So it was just developed for the audiobook platform? It's not a book either? No, it's a book. But, uh, like, okay. you know, yeah, somebody had uh, made a good audiobook of it. I was listening to it while I was a courier. And, like, you know, that and listening to Joe Rogan and Reply All and uh, Harmontown. And <laughs> Dude, imagine Joe Rogan didn't start... <clears throat> doing podcasts do you reckon podcasting would be where it's at right now yeah probably like because there was there was also other people doing it like uh mark maron and uh all that and they, they seem yeah, to get I like mean, a pretty pretty big sort of popular way sure but no one took it as far as joe rogan did where he literally does like three three hour podcasts a day like he just does like nine hours of podcasting a day some days yeah, he does a lot but it's insane uh, like he, he really is kind of like the the Skrillex or whatever of podcasts. And and I feel like, you know, without Skrillex or someone like these these huge acts that 
are able to somehow revolutionize electronic music like Dead Mouse and Skrillex and Tiesto and like all of these guys, you know, that like a, if it wasn't for like Adagio for strings, maybe Dead Mouse would never have happened. And if it wasn't for like the Fragile by uh, Nine Inch Nails, you know, like maybe industrial electronic music would have never happened. And if it wasn't for Skrillex, like EDM and dubstep maybe wouldn't have been as big as it is now. And I think like it takes all of these pioneers who are just really clever at taking something that existed just before it and fusing it with this new thing so that all the people who who understood the, the preceding thing are like, oh yeah, it makes sense because it's like the preceding thing, but just better, like this a little bit different, bigger and better, and then are able to like transition their liking mm. over to that, right? It's kind of like, um, oh, well, I guess my example was with Joe Rogan, wasn't it? It's kind of like radio was the thing that, that preceded Joe Rogan. And then he took like radio and then whatever else it is he does, MMA commentary. <laughs> I was like, let's uh, fuse them together. Or, uh, no, what, what, what does he really do? He kind of does talk radio meets something else. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it because I'm not super into that sh- scene. Well, I, I, I don't know because um, I, I, like it, it is just long format conversation, which everyone knows, but um, like it's not uh, particularly uh, a new idea. Like if you go back and you watch um, episodes of the Dick Cavett show in the 1970s and stuff, there I was watching an episode on youtube the other day which was from 1971 and that was a talk show literally a talk show which is not like jimmy fallon and shit today they literally had gore vidal on and norman Mailor, and they just let the cameras roll for 25 minutes while these guys just harangued each other <laughs> and it's awesome Har- i was just Har- like, <laughs> like, like they, argued? oh yeah they hate each other they hated each other well it seemed mm-hmm. more apparent that norman Mailor hated gore vidal but gore vidal was just kind of baiting him by being cool calm and collected um <laughs> And it just really got Norman Mailer's uh, uh, like chain. And you, you look at things like that and, you know, JRE is essentially just a three-hour version of that. And so there's always been an audience for it. There's a few episodes of JRE that, are, that have been specifically like that. For instance, like one time he got on um, this guy who was super anti-weed and then this guy that was super pro-weed. <laughs> <laughs> I basically just had them argue for like three hours. I don't mean like um, the argument um, element, but I just mean like that they would just let people have a long form discussion, unedited, unfiltered, and where it goes is where it goes. They wouldn't be like, ah, ha, ha, let, let's calm it down and do like a lip sync battle. Um, right, right, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. Why do you think it's so satisfying to watch two people argue? Um, well, I, I don't think it's uh, satisfying. I think it's interesting to see things come undone. Like, I think it's interesting to watch two people actually have a debate, but when it gets kind of um, out of hand, to, like I think there's only so much of people being irate at each other before you're just like, okay, well, this is just fucking annoying now. <laughs> have you ever heard the Sam Harris one where he um, argues with this guy? I think his name is Omar Aziz or something like that. It's like, I don't know, there's one Sam Harris podcast and he just gets, it's it's just a long thing of this argument but it's so satisfying to listen to sam harris just like beating this guy in an argument so badly and this guy just being sort of completely was it majid nawazi yes actually i think that's yeah okay yeah i had to think for a sec i I haven't seen that but i um i have seen um other conversations that uh majid and um sam harris have had i I think it's google this i think it's majid sam harris uh the best podcast ever is what it's called. <laughs> oh. Is that is that what the YouTube video is called, or is no, that no, the no. actual name of the podcast? It's, no, no, no. It's Omar is is. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The name of the the name of the podcast is the best podcast ever. <clears throat> oh, okay. Because Sam Sam Harris is obviously being a joker with that name. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like when you go to a place called the best pizza ever, and it's never the best pizza. <laughs> yeah, it's like a cheese and basil pizza, and it's just got like one clearly steroided chunk of basil that's like the size of a frisbee like on the pizza blocking all the cheese from from the heat and so none of the cheese melts and you're just left with this big crispy bit of basil or after the guy hands you the pizza he just like rubs his hand across his nose and makes a big snorting noise just like <laughs> and you're like oh this is not good <laughs> it's too you're late like, because i have it in my hand <laughs> You're like, Dad, did you just do a line off your arm? <laughs> and you just look at uh, his arm and his arm's super hairy. And it's like, there's no way you're doing lines off that hairy motherfucker. Like, 
I don't know, his arm's just all hairy, but it just has like this little cutout area where he's like biologically implanted a mirror for doing lines. Off. <laughs> the rack arm. Yeah. 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 Dude, that's like some biohacker shit. So there was this dude on Facebook a while ago. <clears throat> I can't remember what his name was, but he was like basically complaining that I had a Wikipedia page and he didn't because he was a biohacker and I was just like a, some guy who'd like scored a film or something. And, and but by the way, since then, my Wikipedia page has gotten taken down by fucking someone. And now I don't have a Wikipedia page anymore. And, and I never built it in the first place. A fan built it for me and they hit me up asking if they could. And I was like, sure, I don't give a shit. And now I don't have one and I still don't give a shit. But anyway, Are this guy was it? Like, I think you're angry. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm fucking <I'm>, <laughs> My story is getting to a point, I swear. So um, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, a successful biohacker. I don't have a Wikipedia page. Why does this guy have a Wikipedia page? So I looked up this guy and literally all he'd ever done was cut his hand open and put uh, the chip from a train card in his hand. So if he left his train card at home, he could just put his hand up to the, to the train thing and it would just go beep and let him on the train. It sounds efficient. Did he also uh, invent uh, cardboard coffins? No, but I mean, I, I just didn't think it was that cool. I was like, anyone can fucking cut their hand open and put a thing in there. I mean, just wrap it in silicon and put it in there. It's not that hard. Yeah, maybe he had your page taking days. Like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think this dude's just fucking out of his mind. But who knows? Probably, man. Uh, there's a lot of weird, weird, crazy, narcissistic people out there. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't think it was him that that uh got my page taken down i did think it was weird that he was like bothered by the fact that i had a wikipedia page and he didn't yeah like why you what did he throw a dart at a like bunch of wikipedia and en- wikipedia entries <laughs> like that's the one like he was doing a travel <laughs> around the world that's fucking weird like why didn't he go for the great emu war that seems pretty insignificant um yeah i don't know people on the internet are weird man i I think Ricky, Ricky Gervais has a joke that's pretty funny um, that I was introduced to by Slink a few days ago because some some guy, like me and Slink, were talking about poly relationships on the podcast. Mm. And some some guy was just like, man, I think it's like really fucked up that you moved a thousand miles to be with this girl and then she's just fucking another guy and also living with another guy. And I was like, uh, yeah, whatever. And then I didn't even respond. What I sent back was just like, yeah, but this is literally you and it's just a video of that guy um, with the face filters on his face, you know the potion seller guy. Potion. Oh, I, I am the potion seller. Would you like to yeah, buy a potion? That yeah, guy? and his face is all long and shit. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? So I didn't send him that one. I sent him another one, but the filter is like he has this big fat jaw, and he's like, "Baby, baby, <laughs> she means nothing to me. She means nothing. Uh, when when I was with her, I didn't know you exist. I didn't know you exist." <laughs> <laughs> and it's just this guy who's being like, I don't know, clearly like one of those classic fucking things that happens in a monogamous relationship. But like, <laughs> I just really love um, that he feel, felt it was appropriate to ask you questions about your relationship. Just like you done this and you're you well, done, it's like, did you do we it? Talked about it on, why does it matter? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, but anyway, I showed Slink the comment because the reason we're talking about poly relationships is because he's also in one. Mm. Uh, and he was like man yeah you should just send him back this ricky gervais thing and the ricky gervais thing was like i have a twitter account i have 12 million twitter followers if um some like uh, most of the people following me i don't know so when i'm tweeting i'm just tweeting like i'm not tweeting at anyone there's 12 million people i couldn't possibly be tweeting like at anyone if i'm putting something on my twitter page so he's like somebody hits follow chooses to read that thing then takes it personally and gets angry at me and he's like, that would be the equivalent of walking into a town square and seeing a big sign on the wall that says guitar lessons and being like, but I don't want fucking guitar lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. I, and the other thing is, I think comedians would deal with that a lot. Like they get on stage and they say a joke to a large audience of people. And there's one guy's like, wait, yeah, my mom died. Fuck you. It's like, dude, I'm not specifically saying this to you. Like you mm. understand how this platform works. You come into a room and I say things without knowing you and you either laugh or don't laugh. But yeah, well, I think Crystalia has put that one out best, which is where he's like, if you just fast forward that entire interaction, here's how it like, uh, well, he said, here's how the interaction goes slowly, right? Someone sees that you're coming to town. They get online, buy a ticket to your show because they, th- they think, oh, that'll be fun. They buy a ticket to your show. 
they go to your show, they sit down 40 minutes into the show, hear something they don't like. After the show, they go home and stew on it for a while, get offended and then write something to you on the internet. But he's like, if you just sped that shit up into like a 10 second interaction, here's how it would look. I would come up to you and I'd be like, hey, tell me something funny. I'll give you 10 bucks. Here's 10 bucks. And you say something and then I'd be like, fuck you. And then just walk away. (laughs) Dude, that guy's a funny motherfucker. Dude, Crystal is so good. But I mean, that's what it's like, right? It's like, if you do speed up these interactions, that's kind of what this shit is like. Yeah. If you just like distill everything out of it and come down to its pure form, that's it. Um, Yeah. I don't know. People just like to get outraged, I guess. That's the other thing. Yeah. I think like, We've maybe solved so many problems in the world right now. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a giant fucking problem we haven't solved, but like, um, we've solved like so many of the pro- like I'm talking about really base level shit like agriculture, right? Like, imagine having to grow your own crops right now. If you had to grow your own crops right right now, so you could eat, so your family could eat, <clears throat> you wouldn't have time to be getting pissed off at anything because you'd be busy all the time growing crops. I think we've just solved so many problems like that that it's just like any everyone can just sit on their ass now and do nothing all day. And it's those days when you're like likely to be on the internet getting outraged about shit. Like for instance, if I sit here all day and write music, I don't get pissed off. By the end of the day, I feel very fulfilled. And if I go on Twitter and read some shit, I'm like, oh, it's cool, whatever. And then I just like shut it and go to bed. But if I sit or spend all day on Twitter and not doing anything fulfilling and- You, you know, get angry. Just, um, yeah, I eventually just get pissed off for whatever reason. Yeah, you're just going to get angry. Like, um, yeah, like I, I like to have a, a bit of a scroll through, but um, the way I deal with it now is anyone who just posts anything where I find myself even starting a message, which is like, hey, I kind of disagree. And like, you know, I'm just like, well, this isn't going to change their mind. So fuck this, delete that, unfollow them. And now I don't have to see the shit anymore. Easy. <laughs> Problem solved. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? Is like, um, starting an argument with somebody online and trying to share your opinion with them it almost zero times results in them going like oh i see the error of my ways i agree with you now <laughs> yeah it's like um or, or vice versa it never happens like of you being like oh i you know i also now see the error of my ways and i agree with you like that very fucking rarely happens it's like that louis ck bit where it's like uh where he talks about his daughter getting out of hands in mcdonald's and it's like you can't just turn around to her and just be like listen the reason the sky's blue is because of this and then she's like oh okay cool thanks dad she just keeps going but why <laughs> but why but why and then it just gets out of hand until she's like fuck it i don't like you just lose any shit and, and people are kind of like that like they're kind of like kids when it comes to one line like you could start off with the best intention in the world and just be like oh i disagree for these reasons and just have a conversation about it but because it lacks tone and because they just want to see you as like having the opposite view to them therefore makes you the enemy they just start getting super like bah, 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 bah. You're like, oh, okay well this is getting out of hand <laughs> right i was chatting to one of my friends um <clears throat> a couple of days ago he was actually at the sydney show you might have met him his name's nf and he's on my discord server uh anyway he works at google and he was one of the like people who uh founded the go project which is like google's source code shit or whatever um anyway he was like i've been using the internet since 1993 and at that time, I just thought it's the most amazing tool that can connect anybody to anybody. Surely what this has got to do is just like give us a better understanding of each other and be like a net positive, right? But then he was arguing or not arguing with me, but telling me like, I just feel like it's gotten like really inflammatory and really like fucking there's a lot of shit and like toxicity and stuff like that. And then I pointed out to him that, like, I think actually it has given us a better understanding of each other. But what we've come to understand is that that most people are shitty. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's given us a better understanding of each other. But now we understand that we're all dicks. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The Internet's a great tool. But then when you think about it in the scope of the world and just like the level of like, just let's just say how many uneducated people there are. It's like walking into a preschool where there's like two uh, teachers in there, which are like the smart ones trying to keep order and then just turning around to all of them, including the teachers and go like, here, have a megaphone. <laughs> like everyone's <laughs> just, just been amplified and saying things as loud as possible where you're just like, well, I, I, I don't know what's what anywhere. I can't hear anything. <laughs> it's mm. all noise. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing with YouTube comments too, right? It's like 
for instance, I just uploaded a new tutorial and it got 55,000 views in five days or something. That was actually the, the tutorial that I edited. Awesome. Um, yeah, it got a shitload of views, which is great. It's super successful. Um, and on there, there's like, I don't know, 200 comments, right? And it's like, if you've got 55,000 views and 200 comments, then that kind of tells you that your loudest audience are not the majority. Like you're loud. Most people just don't say anything. Most people just watch the video and go like, good, whatever. And then they just don't say anything and just leave it. But like 200 people felt the need to say something, which is, and most of it was good. But it's like, if there is anyone in there who's saying something bad, it's just such a small, small percentage of people saying bad stuff or even responding at all. Yeah. Um, you just got to not take it seriously. <laughs> yeah, I like, generally don't. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think the unfortunate thing at the moment is you just have like everyone's like the extreme right and the extreme left. But I just feel like the me- uh, like mainstream media is just a drama machine. It's like, oh, these guys are super dramatic. And so are these guys and they're going to get us ad revenue. So let's just put like the spotlight on the idiots. And then all the people which actually have decent, responsible things in the middle are like, well, that's not going to get us ad revenue. Let's just ignore them. <laughs> right. So I think people think issues are way worse than they are. And it's just gradually being more polarized because we start hearing more from the fringe because they're more dramatic. And we start thinking that's the representation of what society actually is. And it's not. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, really the best way of getting a representation of what society is, is doing a census, right? Exactly. So like if you have 55,000 viewers and 200 of them are commenting, just the 200 which are commenting uh, are usually either saying something nice, something fucking heinous or, or something <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, I knew that guy. And you're like, oh, OK, cool. Um, <laughs> I watched a video the other day about the census um, and basically they were like, if you don't respond to it, like in the US, uh, someone will like try to call your house. And then they'll try and call again and again and again. They, I think they try 10 times. And then if they can't get a hold of you that way, they send someone to your house. And then if that person can't get a hold of anybody at your house, they come back seven more times. And then after 10 phone calls and seven visits, uh, they then start asking your neighbors about your house and if anyone's there. So they, they actually try like really fucking hard to, to get information. It's not like they just go, oh, that guy well that household didn't respond fuck it we just won't take their opinion like they actually apparently try very very hard to get every single person on the on in the united states's opinion on the census that's, not opinion just information i guess it's not a lot of opinions in there that's a lot of effort it is right like so when you think about it like let's say you assign i mean how many like so you're in oh, i won't say where you live but like let's say like your area right um how many people do you think it would take to scour that area to do a job like that? Assuming like, let's say 50% of the houses didn't respond to the census. Oh, damn. Um, well, there's in the overall wider area, I think there's like 66,000 people here. So I don't know. I imagine you'd need a lot of people to do that. Probably like 50 people could probably do it in like a week, right? If 50% didn't respond, I don't know yeah. about that. That's that's a, that's a lot of work. That's a heavy workload by the sound. It sounds heavy. I, I have no idea. Well, let's say you do nine to five and each person doing nine to five, let's say you do four hours in the morning, take a one hour lunch break and then three hours in the afternoon or something. You could probably do like 10 streets an hour. So you could do like 50 or wait, how many is that? Like 70 streets a day. And then you get 50 people. That's... Uh, uh fuck so 350 streets a day okay so i do have a little bit of uh knowledge on this because one of my first jobs was door knocking um okay well <laughs> i i had finished high school and i had went for a job in the city and uh the job i had went for had cancelled their appointment and then there was a guy on the street who said hey you want a job so this is the middle of sydney i'm like yeah okay i'll take a job <laughs> <laughs> so i took a street job by the way, don't take a street job. Not a good idea. <laughs> they told me like, oh, there's commission and you get paid a base. And then I took this job and then I'm like, hey, where's my wage after like the first week? And it's like, oh, it's all commission. I'm like you told me there was a right. base. It's like, no, we didn't. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I quit. See you. So, but the job was knocking on doors and trying to get people to convert from their current gas and electricity company to a different gas and electricity company. And I don't know, we'll do like probably 
like one long street of like 150 houses in a day. So and that was like two people, one street. Yeah, okay. Fuck. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, it'd be like thousands and thousands of workers, like government workers who are having to spend their time probably walking around, which obviously they probably couldn't even be doing right now. So I don't know what's going to happen with the census because the census, uh, the 2020 census here got mailed out in like January or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all this COVID shit hit. So maybe we're not going to get a census now. I don't know. Or maybe they'll just redo it next year or something. I have no no idea. It's crazy times to have um, like an election as well. So you got they, they've got the election going on in the US at the moment, and it's like, well, I don't know how that's going to oh, go yeah, down. Man. Yeah, it's like a lot of big <clears throat> shit happening. That's this this is going to fuck with. Um, have you left the house at all? Um, yeah, a couple times to go get groceries and stuff, but uh, mostly being pretty locked down. Nice. Yeah. yeah i try to leave once a day i didn't leave for the first like week and a half or two weeks of of uh isolation and i have a housemate so i would see him um <clears throat> but i was like i just have to i, I didn't not going outside just just making me go insane i need, need to go out and get like a little bit of sun and go for a walk and shit like that i was getting pretty bo- like sick and tired of just doing push-ups in my lounge room yeah, well, like the difference between Australia and the US is, as far as COVID goes is is insane. Like uh, you guys have 88,000 deaths. We have. Yeah, there's also like how many more times of people? There's 21 million or 22 million people in Australia. 24 million. Like, um, and 24 there's 300 million. million in the US, I think. I think it's more like 350. So mm. it's like 100 times more people, right? Or Google can tell me this. Google yeah. US pop uh 328.2 and okay let's say roughly like australia is 24.99 so 25 let's just round that up and that was in 2018 all right so let's say like roughly so 10 times 25 million would be 250 million right or what would that be so 12 Um, 12 times you know uh, well, it's just like, a little over a hundred is like 1200 it's not 88,000. wait how many how many deaths are in australia uh, I'll look it up now, but I'm pretty sure with um, Australian death toll. It's also 15 times the population here than I think, roughly. Um, COVID, 99 deaths, so literally one underneath 100. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, that's still only, like, at best, if you scale it up to the same population, like 1,500 or 2,000 deaths. Yeah, so 88,000 is a lot. Um, it, it- but then again, it's exponential, right? Like... <clears throat> Because it the way it spreads is like, I mean, we all sort of know how, how this works now. But like, I think just like having a bigger population makes the spread more exponential, which probably means yeah. A but lot there's more also people. other factors as well. Like there's 50, there's fifty states in the US. Each state has their own government. Each government is operating on their own way, and um, you know, then depending on if it's conservative or liberal, uh, will yeah. I'm pretty depend- sure there was a government and which until recently was not even like locking their shit down at all i can't remember where it was yeah so i i believe that those issues would be uh would be uh more of a contributor to how fast it spread and how many people it's killed than just the exponent alone Hmm. yeah dude so get this in um do you know have you ever heard of the cayman islands yeah dude they had one case there and they shut down the whole fucking island. <laughs> they don't fuck around. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, it makes sense though, right? Because it's such a small place. There's not a lot of people there. Like, here, let me Google how many people That's on efficient. the Cayman Islands. <clears throat> Cayman Islands. Did they also uh, invent the cardboard coffins? Because they sound pretty efficient. No, no. Okay. So there's only 65,000 people in the Cayman Islands. So they will just like, fuck it. Like, we just shut it down and then just stop the spread completely then that one person gets better and then our whole island's fine. Yeah. That seems to make sense, right? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But uh, yeah, that's fucking crazy. I, I just think it's crazy that people are like, I'm not staying in my house. I need my freedom. This is a violation of my freedoms. Dude. It's like, how's it a violation of you? Like, I get like, you got to stay home and stuff. But, you know, back in the 60s, people were conscripted to go and fight in Vietnam. Right. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah staying home is against my freedoms yeah (laughs) one thing is one thing that's scary is um 
we now know that the government has the ability to just mandate shit like this and a lot of people will listen. And the other thing is um, I've been seeing so many fucking people on my Instagram feed who um, just don't give a shit and they're just like getting on flights and sort of just being like, oh, look at this, like cheap and empty flights. Just like look at this whole area I have on the plane just for myself. And then they're just like flying around to to just go visit friends and like I see people going hiking with like different groups of people every day. I see people like going to dinners with just like, you know, groups of 20 people or more and just like hanging out. Literally every time I see someone like this on my Instagram stories, I just like unfollow and block them because I'm like, fuck, I did not want to know you as a person if you're going to signal that you're this idiotic. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, it only kills old people. <laughs> it's like, well, it's <laughs> no, clearly it killing toddlers and shit now. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, there's been cases of kids dying. Uh, yeah, it was dude, like- there's also been cases of reinfection. Have you seen that shit? Reinfection? No, I haven't. Dude, there's two two ladies. One I think was in Japan, and another was in LA, who have both gotten it twice. Jesus, what was I seeing the awesome. other day? COVID toes. COVID toes. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> now there is a new symptom which breaks out in. It seems to be kids, but it's a rash, like a body rash, and. Uh, Sometimes a product of that in adults is that rash existing on toes. So I was reading about that. I don't don't know much more beyond that. I was just like, okay. Have you heard of fizzing? Fizzing. Um, Yeah. Apparently when you get COVID, you feel like your skin is fizzy. Like That's horrible. uh, Yeah. Um, I got tested for it like a few days ago. Uh, They jammed Uh, that stick right in the back of your uh, head. they They let me do it myself. Um, so they gave me the stick and yeah, I put it up one nostril and they say, uh, put it in as far as you can until you feel resistance. And I put it in all the way and couldn't even still feel resistance. And then they say, spin it around like 10 times to like sort of really scrape the edges of your nose and then do it in the other nostril as well. And then you put the little thing in a jar and hand it back to them. And then I actually also got the antibody test today, which is just a blood test. And everything came back cool. Uh, so the COVID test came back negative. I don't have it. Um, but the antibodies tests, I would need to wait for my result, which is going to be like three or four days or something. And that will tell me if I have had it. Because when this whole thing first started, I had this like really fucked up chest infection. And I was like, oh, it's probably COVID. Like, and at the time, there wasn't much information about it. Um, so I was like, oh, who, who knows? It might be COVID. But everything I Googled on the internet sort of pointed towards it, whatever I had being bronchitis. And at the time that I had it, more people on the planet for sure had bronchitis than COVID. So for all I know, it was was actually bronchitis. But I kind of, you know, some people don't get any symptoms at all and shit like that. And I have been like going out a little bit to shops to get groceries and walking around and mm. stuff like that. And obviously at the very start of this, I was flying a lot to do shows and shit like that. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious to know if I have had it for sure. It's definitely worrying. Um... But it's good. It's good that you've done the test and stuff because um, there are a lot of people which are uh, asymptomatic. They say, like, uh, they have asymptomatic as in yeah, they're asymptomatic as in like they they have it, but they don't um, show any symptoms of having it, which means they can pass it on, but they they they're not getting fucked up by it. Mm. The flu's probably like that a little bit too, right? Like, surely some people get the flu and don't see any symptoms as well. Um, yeah, I imagine so. I, I'm not sure. I'm not a mm. immunologist or. <laughs> virologist or anything but yeah do you get your flu shot every year yeah i got the flu shot this year and i i I usually i don't usually get it every year but um i felt probably uh i should get it this year to make sure that whatever i get i could at least limit it down uh, eliminate that it is it isn't the flu (laughs) right yeah yeah. so if i get something i could be like okay well this feels worse than a cold i should definitely bring up but hey (laughs) I think I yeah. may have the old uh, Rona. <laughs> I got a uh, Kobe. Uh, got, got the old uh, Kobe 2012. <laughs> Dude, remember? Yeah, fucking Coney 2012. <laughs> oh, that's right. It was Coney 2012. Oh, <laughs> joke's never going to land. Fuck, man. Well, shit. It was, uh, that's been like an hour and a bit. Um, probably should wrap it. But if you want people to check out your work, where should they go? Um. I guess uh, you could suss out my Facebook page, which is just uh, boyoung.media or um, bo underscore buffet on Instagram. Follow me if you nice. want. 
Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Well, yeah, thanks again for doing this. It's always no, good not to a talk problem, to you. Man. Yeah, I love talking to you, man. It's been a while. Looking forward to seeing you again sometime in the near future, I hope. Yeah, when flights exist again. Yeah, when you can actually go places, that will be amazing. But um, until then, I guess stay safe. Fuck yeah, man. All right, have a good one. You too. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Mr. Bill podcast. These episodes are edited and uploaded twice a week by Robert Fumo of 303podpro.com. You can also support the show, get early access to episodes and hear bonus content by going to patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bill's tunes and becoming a patron. Uh, Please rate and review on iTunes unless you're going to be a little shit about it. And all the links to my various platforms are at mrbillstunes.com. Thank you. (laughs) 